everyone says exactly the same thing. The opportunity in the United States is absolutely huge. There are just so many businesses where the owners are saying, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. It's either age, it's health, it's spending more time with the family, it's moving to the beach, whatever it might be. And the opportunity is absolutely huge. There is no lack of businesses to buy. There's a lack of business buyers who know how to buy them. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everybody. Did you know that several trends are combining to make this a fantastic time to buy a small or medium-sized business? And did you know that having enough money to buy a business may not be the obstacle you think it is. If this topic interests you, please listen to what my guest expert, entrepreneur, and business acquisition specialist, Jonathan Jay of dealmakers.co.uk has to say on this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. To learn more about Jonathan, listen to this episode and check the show notes. To learn more about how my business can help you share your company's story through our new show, Voices in the Spotlight, or learn more about your customers and prospects, please check out our website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Now, before I speak with Jonathan, I wanted to say a few words about the International Council for Small Business, or ICSB. ICSB was founded in 1955, and it's the oldest and largest nonprofit organization devoted to small businesses internationally. To learn more about ICSB, please visit their website, www.icsb.org. And please let them know you heard about ICSB on the Looking Forward podcast. If you want us to mention your organization or major event on the show, and on our website, please contact us for more details. Okay, let's get started. Well, hi, Jonathan. Welcome to Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Thank you for your invitation. Very good to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on. First of all, I love having guests who are not in the United States. Not that I don't like the United States. I live in the United States, but I think lends itself to richer perspectives and episodes when you have people who are from all over the world. And that's what we strive to do here on Looking Forward. Jonathan, you're an entrepreneur and you're an expert on buying small businesses, which I think is a fantastic niche, by the way. And we'll get into that. I think our listeners would like to know, and I know I would like to know, when and why you first got involved in that world of small business investing, buying, and so forth. 
Yeah, sure. So back in the late 1990s, I had a magazine publishing business. And it was one of those businesses that made a little bit of money one month and made a bit of a loss the next month. So it was an absolute nightmare, really. Two and a half years I owned that business. Okay. And then someone came along and wanted to buy it from me. And they paid me more money for the business than I'd ever made in the previous two and a half years combined. <laughs> and that two and a half years of going into the office six days a week, thinking about it 24-7, but I made more money when I sold the business. So that was the eye-opener for me. That is remarkable. The person who bought your business, were they aware of your P&L, of how you were doing? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it was a strategic acquisition for them. They wanted a particular magazine that we published in a particular sector, and it was a perfect fit. And that our database of subscribers was very important to them. I get it. One of the things that you just said there is such an important point. You use the words eye-opener, and we do need to have our eyes open. I have taught a course on being more lucky in life, and quite a bit of that has to do with people keeping their eyes and their ears open to things that are not only happening around them, but happening to them. And that's what you did. So kudos to you. Looking forward, as you may know, Jonathan, is in part about trends. What trends are you seeing now in small business acquisitions? Okay, so there is a huge worldwide trend, which is the baby boomers of the 1960s are coming up for retirement. And there are more people retiring than ever before. And retirement is the number one reason why people sell. And if people are selling businesses that have done well for them over the years, when they exit their business, it's not about how much money they're going to make. It's about the business being in a safe pair of hands, looking after the staff, looking after the name and the reputation of the business. So savvy business buyers understand that it's not all about the money for these people. And the opportunities for business buyers are greater than they have ever been. That is really exciting. I want to talk a little bit about the baby boomers. I once wrote a book about people over 50 and marketing to them. And I joke that now that I'm over 50, I don't care about them anymore. But I do care because I'm one of them. I've got to care. Does it work the other way? And what I mean by that, Jonathan, is I'm over 50. I'm a person who's over 50. I don't mean me, but I am. I'm talking about anybody. Somebody who's over 50. And we're finding with the longevity economy, which we've also done an episode on, people are living longer. And like me, they're pursuing new careers, new avenues. Are you finding that on the buyer's side, that there may be an interest among baby boomer buyers? And when we say baby boomers, just to clarify for some people, we're talking about people who were born between the years 1946 and 1964, and not just in the United States. Yeah. So I run courses for people who want to buy a business. And the, there's a span of age groups. So we have some people in their 20s and 30s, many people in their 40s, have a lot who are 50 plus buying businesses. And quite often this is because they want to expand their existing business, very fast way of doing it because they want to get back into business or leave corporate life and own their own business. Um, or sometimes they've retired and they're bored, but they don't want to do a startup. Startups are hard work. They would rather buy a business that has customers 
and has marketing and has an office and products and services, and very importantly, a business that has cash flow. And that's the number one reason for buying a business. You get instant cash flow. It's a good reason to buy a business. So it is working potentially both sides of that equation. The baby boomers selling, baby boomers buying, baby boomers have inherited many of them, not all, a lot of money. That helps too. I want to ask you about something else that might be triggering the trend that you're talking about. And that is something that relates to what you've done. You acquired 48 businesses, correct me if I'm wrong, during the peak years of COVID. We don't know where COVID's going, but right now we'll say the peak years of COVID. Has COVID not also been responsible for this trend? Yeah, it certainly helped for a period of time where there was decreasing number of buyers and increasing number of sellers. During economic uncertainty, there is opportunity for buyers with, without a doubt. So we're experiencing exactly the same thing with the recessionary times that we are in right now with the increase in interest rates and the cost of living, which again is pretty much worldwide. And as a result of that, you have lots of people who say, I, do I really want to go into the office and run this business anymore? And they are looking for an exit. And the exit is the opportunity for someone who wants to buy a positively cash flowing business. And by the way, I always say to people, buy businesses that are doing at least $1 million in annual revenue. Don't buy smaller businesses. They're hard work. Buy businesses that are are doing at least a million dollars in annual revenue. They're easier to finance. They've got better systems and processes. They've proven demand for the product or service, and they have a management team running the business. So many of my first time buyers in my groups are buying $10 million businesses, annual revenue businesses, as their very first deal. Yeah, this is life-changing. A business that does $10 million, making a 20% bottom line figure, that's $2 million a year. That moves the needle. Yes, and that's a great tip. We'll have you provide more later, but that is a wonderful tip. Just a quick anecdote to reinforce what you're saying on the selling side. I have done interviews that were used as part of a business broker's portfolio to sell his clients' businesses. And one of these was, in fact, somebody who was in his early 70s. It was he and his wife. And they had a fantastically successful dessert business, happened to be in Western Pennsylvania. And the reason why he wanted to sell was not because he and his wife weren't doing well in the business or didn't love the business, but because they felt it was time to move on and do other things with their life in whatever years they had left. So I can certainly understand it from that side of the fence as well. Jonathan, you had talked about this being something that is happening globally. I wonder if you could elaborate just a little bit more about where you're seeing this happening globally, this business of one person selling his or her business and somebody else acquiring that business. Mergers and acquisitions is obviously happens everywhere. Where there are businesses, people are selling, people are buying. 50% of my client base is in the UK. I'm based in London, so I have a lot of people in my own country, but 50% is worldwide. So we have a lot of clients in North America, in Canada, in Australia, and Scandinavia. And everyone says exactly the same thing. The opportunity in the United States is absolutely huge. There are just so many businesses 
where the owners are saying, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. It's either age, it's health, it's spending more time with the family, it's moving to the beach, whatever it might be. And the opportunity is absolutely huge. There is no lack of businesses to buy. There's a lack of business buyers who know how to buy them. Isn't that interesting? And we're going to get you to talk a little bit more about tips with that as we move on down here. As you know, Jonathan, Looking Forward's primary focus is about opportunities. And you've already been touching on this. I want you to take a deeper dive into it. Based on your expertise and certainly your experience in doing this sort of thing, what opportunities do you think buying a small business offers these days? Let's face it. People have been buying businesses and selling businesses since way, way back when. What is it about these times that makes buying a business or selling it such a great thing to do? Well, it's the fast track, isn't it? It's the, it's the highway of business success. Starting a business from scratch, which I've done several times, is always hard work. And getting that first million dollars of sales is really hard work. But if you can buy a business that's doing $5 million of sales, and more importantly than anything, you can buy it without using your own cash, without risking your own capital, then why wouldn't you do it? This is a very interesting point. Everything I teach is about how to fund the acquisition without putting your own money in. Because traditionally, when someone wants to buy a business, they go to the bank. The bank says, we'll lend you this amount of money. We need your house as collateral for the loan. They give you the money, you give the money to the owner of the business, the owner of the business hands you the keys, and that's it. The deal has been done. Now, that is one way of doing it, but there are better ways of doing it. And the better ways of doing it mean that you don't use your real estate as collateral for the loan. You get the business that you're buying to be the collateral for the loan. You don't put your own money in. There's no down payments required, and you can fund the business 100%. And I've got people doing this very creatively all around the world. You mentioned, I think it was food manufacturing earlier. I've actually got a client in in Florida who's doing exactly this with a food manufacturing business. They do gourmet foods. And he is 100% financing the deal without a penny of his own money. Wow. That sounds exciting. Just to follow up on what you said with opportunities, You talked about there are plenty of businesses to buy people, but you said where there seems to be a bit of a scarcity is in the number of savvy buyers. So does this mean that for those who are savvy buyers, there is an opportunity because there are all these properties, these businesses for sale, and yet there aren't that many buyers out there who might be buying compared to the number of businesses? Oh, yeah, 100%. So that's why so many of my clients are really just cleaning up. They're just doing so well. And I've got people who've done more than 20 acquisitions. That's absolutely phenomenal because they know what to do. They know how to approach the owner of the business. They know how to negotiate. They know how to put the funding together. They know how to get the deal to closing and get it over the line. And then very importantly, they know what to do afterwards. Because buying a business is one thing and then becoming the CEO of that business is another. So we've got some very clear strategies around how to manage that. But yes, the opportunity is is greater than I have ever seen it. And that's a combination of several things. The tailwinds of the pandemic, the economic crisis, 
and at the same time, this baby boomer generation. And, and you put those three things together and you've got this perfect storm. And I don't think it's ever going to happen like that again. So people who are well, definitely not during our lifetime. So people who want to do this should be thinking about getting started now, not leaving it for 10 years and then missing the train. Yes. And that demographic tidal wave, Jonathan, trust me, back in the 90s, I was telling people about the inevitability of it. And you could see it so clearly. I was just talking about 2010 when I was speaking in 1990. And wow, it certainly is here. And it was very predictable. And you're right. That train may pass through very quickly. When you think about individuals who would stand the greatest chance of benefiting from buying a small business, who are the people that this is really a serious opportunity for? I can tell you exactly. It's people with ambition. People with the ambition to better themselves better their family situation, better their existing business. Sometimes people are stuck in a business for years, it just won't grow. So what I always say is buy yourself out of that problem. Double the size of your business with one transaction. One deal can double the size of your business. And then people who are stuck in a bit of a rut where they come, like one guy trucking and haulage, taking him seven years to get to half a million dollars of annual revenue. Seven years. Mm. And then 18 months later, he was at $1.5 million of annual revenue just by doing acquisitions. So this is something that anyone can do, but it suits the person who's got a goal, got a reason for doing it. Because once you've got that burning ambition, then nothing is going to stop you. You just need the tools, the knowledge, and the self-belief to follow through on it. But if you start with that, what we call a BHAG, I don't know whether you've heard this expression. No. B-H-A-G. No. A big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I've heard that. A monster of a yeah. goal. A big, hairy yeah. monster of a goal. Yeah. Something that gets you out of bed in the morning and it says, come on, you can do this. Once you've got that goal, you've got that ambition, then nothing can stand in your way. Well, that makes sense. Jonathan, just real quickly, if you could speak to this. You talked about somebody not having to borrow on their house, let's say, to buy one of these businesses. Did you learn this right away yourself? Did you buy your first business after starting your original business by putting your house yeah. up for collateral? Did you stumble on this or how did you learn that? Yeah, so I learned the hard way, really. I had a very good lawyer who guided me. In fact, he's still one of my lawyers today. I was actually speaking to him today, in fact. And 17 years ago, he moved me in the right direction because I would have done what everyone else does, which is go and borrow against my house and use my house as collateral. And, and that wasn't the best thing to do. So yeah, so I, I learned the hard way through trial and error. And now by me helping other people, they can shortcut that process and get to the result an awful lot faster. Yes. And I forget who the person was or the philosopher was who said this. I wish I could remember. I just heard this again recently. Somebody saying it makes so much more sense to learn from the mistakes of others rather than having to live on oh, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Well, I say that to clients in, in a different way all the time. Yeah. Because you know, I don't want them to make the mistakes that I've made. And I'm very open about things that I've done right, things I've done wrong. I've done amazing deals. I've done deals that weren't so great. But anyone who's been around for a while, no one wins them all, right? No one wins them all. And we really have to lose a few in order to grow. 
I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation, and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Jonathan, I want to come back to the individuals that would stand the greatest chance of benefiting from buying a small business. So you mentioned, I wouldn't buy a business unless it had at least a million dollars in sales. Mm -hmm. If somebody doesn't need to mortgage their house, let's say, or other collateral, do they not still need to have a modicum of income? What is the risk to them, an individual like this? Yeah, well, I'm very anti-risk because you don't want to buy businesses and have risk because if there was lots of risk, you probably would never do it. So I am very much about protecting my clients and making sure that there isn't any risk for them. Your income isn't really relevant. So I've got one client I'm thinking of in Scotland who purchased his first business about this time last year. It was a 10 million dollar a year haulage business. That was his background. He'd worked as a truck driver, a lorry truck. Do you say truck driver, lorry driver? Truck he, driver, yeah. Tr a truck driver. He'd worked as a truck driver. So he kind of knew how that sort of business worked, but he just never owned one. He just worked as an employee. When I first met him just over a year ago, he was unemployed. He wasn't working at all. He'd had a, a divorce. He had sole custody of his daughter. He was getting his daughter up, seven-year-old daughter, taking her to school in the morning. And, and driving an Uber during the, the daytime. Sure. So he'd fallen on hard times. Fast forward six months, he owns a $10 million a year, making $2 million profit a year, trucking and haulage business without any of his own money. And you know why I know it was none of his own money? Because he didn't have any money <laughs> to spend. So he had to be more creative. And he's a great example of what can be done. If you've got a, that big, hairy, audacious goal, you've got a big reason. And his big reason was to look after his daughter. And he succeeded at doing that in a wonderful way and owns a business that's now very profitable. He's got some other acquisitions lined up to grow the group because now he knows that anything is possible. He's proven to himself that he can do it. Wow. That's a pretty remarkable story and good for him. When we're talking about opportunities, in buying businesses and possibly on the flip side, somebody selling a business, are there any particular areas of the world or industries? I know you've been in publishing, you've been in a lot of different things, publishing, you've been in digital marketing, preschools, you've been in a lot of things. 
this trucking thing you're helping this person with. Could you talk a little bit about opportunities that might be greater in terms of business acquisitions or sales as it pertains to industries and countries? You mentioned the U.S., I guess, earlier, but can you talk a little bit more about that industries and companies? Well, I would say that the best businesses to buy are businesses that you can finance. Because what most buyers start off thinking is, how can I afford it? How can I afford this business? They look at the business and say, how can I afford it? Well, that isn't what you should be asking yourself. Because when you say, how can I afford it? You think about how much money you have in your bank account, how much you can sell the car for. Yeah, how can I afford it? You should be thinking, how can I fund it? So Mm -hmm. some businesses are more fundable than others. And if you look all around the world, if I look at all of my clients in every country in the world, the most successful are the ones that are buying in fundable sectors. And some sectors are just more fundable than others. Now, there's always exceptions. There's lots of exceptions, always. But as the general rule, we're looking for businesses that own real estate. And we're looking for businesses that have fixed assets, so plant and machinery. We're looking for businesses with vehicles. We're looking for businesses that own heavy stuff. We're looking for businesses that have cash at the bank, those considerable sums of cash at the bank, because we can actually use that cash as part of the purchase price. So we can do all of these things. Businesses that are a little bit harder to fund are businesses with no tangible assets. So for example, digital marketing businesses. So if I look at a digital marketing business and I've got plenty of clients buying in digital marketing businesses, but they've got less funding options. There are less options open to them. But that's okay. A deal can still be done. You've just got to look at more of them. Where I've got people like the example I used of Phil in Scotland for their very first deal buying these large companies because they are fundable. So instead of thinking about a particular sector, or a particular country is more about the particular deal. So sometimes people say, well, what about, let's say, digital marketing? Is that a good sector, Jonathan? Should I buy a business in digital marketing? Well, in every sector, there are businesses that are going well and going badly. In every sector, there are good business owners and bad business owners, businesses with good customers and bad customers. In every single sector, there's good and bad. So you can't say this one sector is good and this one sector is bad. It's all about finding the good businesses in that sector. Very good. And I gather from what you're saying, and this is a generalization, I only mean it that way, brick and mortar is better than something that might be on the internet or something like that, something that's brick and mortar. Yeah, but even businesses that use a website as their way to sell what they sell still have offices, which they might own, so there could be real estate there. They still have stock that has a value. They still might even manufacture what they sell on the website. They don't have a storefront, they have a website. So people often wonder whether online businesses should be treated differently. Sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. But I always say, treat them exactly the same as any other business, as a brick and mortar business, until you know otherwise. So I've got people who are, one person I'm thinking of is now at acquisition number 10. So he's done 10 deals. He's bought everything from websites that sell skateboards to websites that sell personalized mugs, personalized coffee mugs. So he's got all these different businesses. The one commonality is that they all sell through websites. So he went and bought a digital marketing company. So the digital marketing company could have one client. 
him. And that yeah. one, and so he immediately got overnight a digital marketing division to his business. Instead of going out and hiring someone and seeing if they work out hiring another person, trying to figure out the systems again. No, he just went and bought the company, put the company into his offices, and now they they do all the digital marketing for his businesses. That's fascinating. One other question before we look into the future. Where do franchises fit into this? Or don't they? Not particularly. They don't fit in very well because with a franchise, you are limited by the franchise or so you can only sell in a certain geography. You can only sell certain products or services at certain price points. You can't change the brand. You can't change the co- company colors. You can't change the, the way the product's sold or the way it's positioned. So you're restrained massively when you have a franchise. And then you have to pay a percentage to the franchise or. So what I always say to people is buy a business where you can have 100% control, own 100% of the business, and it's all yours. Makes a lot of sense. Looking forward is, of course, also about looking into the future, looking forward. So as you look through the rest of this decade, Jonathan, we won't ask you to look any further than that. What would be your best guess as to how small business acquisitions will evolve through the rest of this decade? Where do you see this trend going, buying and selling of small businesses? I think that business acquisition will increase. Why would you start a business when you can buy a perfectly good business? So I think what I'm teaching now, which is something that not many people know, will become commonplace. So you see this trend as continuing through the rest of this decade, up, down, stay the same, horizontal. What do you say? So the future of business acquisition is very bright. It's going to get busier for savvy business buyers. I've seen more inquiries come to me in the last 12 months and maybe the previous two or three years combined. Wow. Which means that there's an incredible opportunity out there. Some people are aware of it and some people haven't yet noticed. Yes. Well, that's very exciting to hear. It's not just now, people, but we're talking about at least through the rest of this decade. Jonathan, you've given our listeners a lot of tips already. If there's anything else you would like to say in that regard, whether it's something that you haven't pointed out or just reiterating an important tip or two that you've already said? Yeah, absolutely. I think if I just repeat two things I've already said, but say them together rather than separately, the first is buy yourself a business and not a job. And that's very important. So that means buying a larger business. And secondly, don't use your own money. Fund it through other sources rather than your own cash. And then you can keep your money in the bank whilst growing your business portfolio. And it doesn't matter how rich you are, at some point you'll run out of money if you use your own money. And I've got people who are now into their 20th acquisition. That's fantastic. Very good, important points. Things that you learned yourself sometimes the hard way. Absolutely. Jonathan, this has been wonderful. I'm excited about these opportunities that you're talking about. I'm sure our listeners will be. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you, about dealmakers.co.uk and your book, whatever sure. else you'd like them to know about? Yeah, I, one thing, really. Go to my YouTube channel, type Jonathan J into YouTube. You'll find my YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. I put two new videos on every single week. And these are typically half-hour interviews with my clients who've bought businesses all around the world. And in every video description of every single video on that channel, there's a link to a free training course. So you just click on the link to the free training course, watch the training course, 
and you will understand so much more than we've had time to talk about in this podcast. Wow. That's wonderful. People, free, he said. And I just want to make sure you understand, everybody, Jonathan, J-A-Y, not the initial, J-A-Y. Jonathan, thank you so much for being our guest expert on Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I've learned a lot. Very excited and energized by what you said. Wonderful. It's been great to be here. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks.